You are now tuned in to the Addicted to Success.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next level game changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on Addicted to Success.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today, I have the amazing Annie Lawless, who is the co-founder of Suja, which is a natural, organic, non-GMO smoothie line that has been absolutely successful within uh, Whole Foods and and out in the US. It's just absolutely crushing it. Uh, Lawless and her co-founders sold 30% of their company to Coca-Cola for $90 million and 20% to Goldman Sachs for $60 million, which actually values the company at $300 million. Annie, this is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing feat. Welcome to the Addictive to Success podcast. I'm excited to uh, have a conversation with you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So Annie, I know before all of this, like let's kind of rewind it back. I know that you had mentioned uh, in another interview that you were studying philosophy, right? You were in mm-hmm. uh, university, right? And you felt a little bit stuck. Right. You did that, you enjoyed it, but then you, you, know, you got into law uh, and, and then you ended up leaving and starting your own business. I want to ask you, what is the most fascinating thing that you learned during your studies in philosophy? Well, philosophy was probably the most valuable background I could have had because it really taught me our purpose and the meaning of life and what we're put on this earth to do as human beings. And I always kept that in the back of my mind when making the next step forward into my future and choosing how to spend my days in my life and this time that I have here on this earth. And after, you know, spending four years studying really that we are supposed to be happy human beings doing things that we love every day. And that's when we're productive, when we have this, you know, universal exchange of energy where we're putting out, you know, what's in line with our purpose and then we're receiving it back. So I had this in the back of my mind that I knew I wanted to have that energy exchange and feel inspired by what I was doing every day. And that has really guided me um, in everything that I've done, whether leaving something that wasn't right or pushing myself forward to do something that I knew felt right. So philosophy was actually a really invaluable background for me to study in college. Wow. I love this. We're going really deep here already. It's just the start of the interview and you're uh, touching on purpose (laughs) and the meaning of life and so on. So this is great. Um, You know, what's funny. Like when I wake up every morning, I always ask myself these two questions. And, and, you know, these are two of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. And it's, um, who am I and why am I here? And, you know, Mm -hmm. it can change a little bit over time. But if you could answer that question or both those questions, what would you say? Like, who are you and why are you here? I am an adventurous, passionate, um, inspired person. I've always just wanted to know more, I'm curious, do more, see more, figure more out, push myself. I like living on my edge and outside of my comfort zone. And knowing that about myself and that's just who I am um, makes it a lot more clear to me that I need to be pushing myself every day. So that's why I think the entrepreneur um, sort of lifestyle works for me because I like, you know, even the stressful times, the tense times, I like throwing myself into that because I'm a very passionate person. Beautiful. So you know who you are. You're self-aware. You're a passionate person. You love growth. Um, You recently Mm -hmm. stepped down from your full-time active role at Suja. 
and you're moving mm-hmm. to another area. So can you tell us like why is growth important to you? Why why is it important for you to to kind of move on to that next stage right now? Absolutely. So I think that, you know, we're all evolving every day. And nobody's the same person that they were, you know, last year, last month, last week. I think we all change in little ways all the time. And I had been doing Suja for four years. And it was something that I started from an extreme passion that will always be a passion for me. But as companies grow, there's a lot more that gets involved with logistics and people and investors and, you know, a lot of things that I wasn't passionate about that started to come to the forefront and be really important to the operation of the business. So, you know, after four years of really making my, you know, mark in what it is that I was passionate about and the juice and the product side of things, I figured, you know, this is, this is locked and dialed. This is done. This is running and doing well. And it's time for me to take that same passion and move it on to the next project where it's all fresh again and where I can re-inspire myself and where I can chart, you know, new territory that is familiar, not familiar to me and make a leap into something that felt that same way when I started Suja. Yeah, that's excellent. You know, I was listening to an interview with uh, Paulo Coelho, the famous writer, right, who wrote The Alchemist and a number mm-hmm. of other amazing books. And uh-huh. somebody was asking him, like, what's it like to write a book? And I think this really relates to what you're saying with Suja. He said that writing a book is kind of like giving birth to a baby. It's crazy. It's like this long process, a nine-month process. You're putting it all together. You're making it all happen, right? And then you don't know how it's going to be received in the world, but you let it go out there and it kind of grows its own legs. And at some point, you just need to let it go and just let it go and do what it needs to do. And Absolutely. so it, it sounds like it's, it's funny you similar. say that. Yeah. Because I, I wrote a book um, this last year. Um, it was a New York Times bestseller and it was in April. And <laughs> you couldn't have described it better. That's exactly how it feels. And it's the same with, it is the exact same as a business because, you know, you put yourself out there, you're vulnerable, you have this idea, you bring it to life, you hope people enjoy it. It's like sending a child off to school, you know, you just want it to do well, you want people to be friends with it and enjoy it and want to be around it, you want to see it succeed. But eventually that child is going to go to college and going to move out on his own. And, you know, you're going to change and you're going to, you know, want to do different things in your life, you're not going to want to be a parent forever either. So I think that the way that a business evolves so do you right along with it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to be attached to it forever. So it's a really exciting time. And I'm, I can't wait to see where the next project takes me. Yeah. Can you just imagine in the next year, two years, three years, where you're going to be? It's going to be pretty amazing. No, I mean, I have lots of ideas, but you know, <laughs> this is where the fun begins. Exactly. And that's cool. And and what's most important is like, you've got to have fun with it, right? When the fun starts to die off, your passion dies, energy goes, and you just, you need to find that next thing that lights you up. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the motivation for getting up every day. And I think any entrepreneur will tell you, it's not easy to make something out of nothing. And it's not easy. You know, you're, you're your own boss. You're not walking in and clocking out and just leaving all the troubles behind. You're the person in charge of everything and responsible for everything. So if you're not excited and having fun and waking up every day ready to rock, you will not succeed. It will just be a miserable thing and it won't do well because then your passion dies. Yes. Amen to that. I believe that for sure. So Annie, uh, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned? 
with the whole process of launching Suja, like, you know, negotiations, business deals, things like that. That's something that you really walked away with and went, okay, I really learned a great lesson. I'm going to carry that on for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I've learned a lot. It's hard to pick one thing, but I think something that I will take with me in everything that I do is never lose sight of the original mission. And I think that once a business starts to grow, it becomes very easy to get swept up in that growth and say yes to all sorts of different offers or compromise certain things about quality or whatever it might be to make it easier to make growth happen faster. But I think that stopping and taking the time to really remember what this business is, why did you start it, what is it about, what decisions am I making that change my course off of the original mission and how will that impact me later? And I think that making sure to take that time to do that will prevent you from just making hasty decisions that are so much harder to correct later and sometimes completely damaging to the point of no return. So, you know, starting a business is such a passion project and there's so much control that you have. And it's not about maintaining control. It's more about making sure that everything you do is in line with that original mission so that you're not sitting back one day looking at what you created and saying, wow, this really got off course of what I was trying to do here. Yeah, that's great advice, Annie. Thanks for sharing that with us. Now, yeah. you came across quite a lot of money at, at a young age. How old were you when this all happened mm -hmm. for you? Um, this year, so I'm 28 years old now, and we just did this deal with Coke in August. Well, not this year, it was last year, 2015. So we just did this year this deal in August of 2015. And um, that was really our first big event um, sale-wise within the company. How did it feel like when you were told Thank that you. this big deal came through? And, and I mean, I know money's not everything. It absolutely is not. We talk a lot about contribution and purpose and everything, right? But just like mm -hmm. thinking to yourself, man, I'm, I don't have to worry about money anymore. Like I'm financially okay. Like, how does that feel? You know, it's funny because on one hand, it feels amazing for the security factor, but on the other hand, not much has changed about my life because I still, I never worked to make money. And I think that I've been very, very blessed to be raised in a situation where, you know, my next meal was never questioned. So I've never had an acute like need for money. Um, where it was a matter of, you know, my next meal or the roof over my head. I've always had a stable income from working, but um, that's the thing about it is now that it's here, my nothing's changed. I want to, I'm just ready to do the next project and ready to just get back out there and do more. And that's been a really rewarding realization for me to just know that I really never have done things for money. And that feels good. It makes me think I'm on the right track in terms of what I've chosen to do with my life because I've, I'm inspired to do more and it's not like I just want to sit back now. This wasn't all for money. This was really for love. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the, your purpose and your vision is what's really driving you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to just sort of get in touch with that feeling once a need is met and you realize you still want to keep going. It's a good feeling and it makes me, um, it makes me fired up. It makes me excited. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Good on you, Annie. Now, what about failures and mistakes? What failures and mistakes have you come across during your business uh, journey, really, your business adventure? Yeah, well, we've we've been extremely lucky. 
Um, we didn't have a lot of slip-ups. We grew very quickly, very fast. And there's a lot that could have gone wrong. There's a lot of times we've been close to making a bad move, but we were very lucky to not make major mistakes. Uh, but there were lots of minor things. I remember our very first Whole Foods order, we were so excited to be launching, and it was our big first impression. And we hadn't tested our bottles, um, what would happen when they get wet. And part of our process when the bottles go into the HPP machine, which is the cold pressure that helps us avoid pasteurization but still kills pathogens, mm -hmm. um, the bottles go into an ice bath. And we hadn't checked with the labels on because we had printed them so hurriedly. They didn't have a protective cover to keep the ink from sliding off. So we ship the bottles out to Whole Foods. We go check them out on the shelves, and the ink is just sliding off. You can't read the label. I mean, little things like that happened along the way, which at the time seemed like a huge deal, and we were devastated. But we, we laughed about it now um, because it all worked out. And when those things happen, you just you can't dwell. You have to quickly figure out the solution. You know, we recalled the bottles, put in new labors, labels, shipped a new thing out, and you just have to, you know, be quick on your feet. You can't let little slip-ups or failures, you know, completely destroy you because I guarantee there's going to be a lot worse and a lot more than that, and it's it's a journey. Every single day there's tons of, you know, oh shit moments all the time, and if you just can't let that get to you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know what? After trying your Glow Suja Juice, um, I wouldn't worry about ink running on the uh, running off the, uh, the label because I love that juice. Like you guys really hit Thank it out you. the park. Like it just it just tastes like it tastes unique. Actually, how did you guys differentiate yeah, well, yourself from the rest of the market? Yeah, well, we've always said that flavor has been one of our biggest differentiators, and we created our juices really based on health without the punishment. That's always been one of our mantras because we don't feel like you should drink something just because it's healthy because a huge part of, you know, nourishing your body is also enjoying it and feeling good about it and, and, you know, having it be a pleasurable experience. So a lot of these green juices out there, they might be amazing for you and they might be packed with some really delicious ingredients, but nobody's going to incorporate them into their lifestyle in a meaningful way in a consistent basis to really reap the benefits if they can't even get it down. So we really were careful about making sure that our blends were a good ratio of different fruits and veggies and unique ingredients like mint and a lot of lemon and, you know, ginger and all sorts of little things that would help give those flavor notes that made it a great experience and made it delicious. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, there's uh, an amazing online, well, not online, uh, an amazing marketer uh, her name's Sally Hogshead, and she said something recently where she said, it's easier to be different than it is to be better. And I think that you guys mm -hmm. got onto that from the very beginning. And that seems to be a huge part of your formula for success. So well done. Thank you. Now, Annie, uh, we have 60% of our listeners on the Addicted to Success podcast are females. Right, which I think is awesome. It's absolutely amazing. It's great to see that uh, we have a lot more women that is stepping awesome. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you're a great uh, inspiration for a lot of female entrepreneurs. I see your Instagram page, and you, they just like flood your uh, pictures with comments, and they just they get right behind you in the movement. So, what advice do you have for female entrepreneurs? Well, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is confidence. And I think that a lot of women feel like the, 
workplace or the business world is such a man's world. And that's just not true at all. And it's so important to like have that confidence and be who you are and stand in the world and know that you can do anything that anybody else is doing. There's no reason why you are not just as capable, if not more than any guy or any older person or anyone who's already been successful. I mean, that's just a bunch of crap. It's the world is yours for the taking. There is a lot of opportunity out there and the people that get it are going to just be the ones that hustled guy, girl, you know, older person, younger person, whatever it might be. It's just, it's all out there for you. So don't hesitate and don't feel insecure or like you don't have, you know, the power to do what you want to do just because you're a female or just because you're young or whatever it is. I think that um, a lot of times just traditionally women, we are a lot more passive and we tend to step back and let other people sort of be the, the more aggressive ones, whether it's a male or a coworker or somebody who is in a position of superiority, but nobody's superior to you. The world, we're all equal here. And if you want it, go get it. And trust me, you can get it. You know, people will open the door. Opportunities will present themselves if you work hard, just like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's very motivational, Annie. Thanks for sharing that. eh? It's like, uh, you know, we all have our own unique gifts. We have to tap into Mm -hmm. that and share that with the world because nobody can do Annie Lawless like you do Annie Lawless. No one could do Joel Brown like I do Joel Brown. It's the same, you know, everyone is, everyone is different. Yeah. And just acknowledging that I think helps you build that confidence and knowing that, you know, so-and-so may be doing this or that, but nobody can do what you do. So ride with that and own that and take it and do something with it. Yes. Yes, that's right. Now, Annie, have you had any uh, standout mentors or role models in your life? You know, what's really funny is I wrote a blog post semi-recently called why you don't need a mentor. And I'll explain that. But um, I had recently received an award. I went to the San Diego Women of the Year Awards and I received the Young Leader Award. There was two awards given out and it was the Woman of the Year and it was the Young Leader Award. And one of the things that I noticed as I was at this event and all of the women in the audience and all the women on stage that were talking kept, you know, referring to, oh, well, I couldn't have done this without so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I felt like they kept giving credit to all of these mentor-like figures instead of saying, you know, hey, I did this. Mm-hmm. And then all the women in the crowd that were asking questions were asking, you know, how do I find someone to, to help me do this or that or whatever? And for me, I think it's so important to seek advice and to talk things out with people and to bounce things off. But at the end of the day, I think it's nothing is more valuable than what's in your own mind and your own capabilities. And I think that looking to other people all the time to like help you or thinking that other people always have the answer, you know what you're doing, you know, you have the answer. And if you don't know for sure, why don't you ride with your intuition and try it? And you may fail, you might make a mistake. Not every decision you make is always going to be right. But at least if you make a misstep, you didn't ask, you know, a mentor or somebody else what to do. That's on you. You made that mistake and you can learn that lesson and you can do better next time. So it's not that I'm anti-mentor. I just think that it's so important to not hold other people in some holy grail status higher than you and always seek the advice of others. I think that trusting your gut 
and really forging your own path and saying, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, letting people support you along the way, but not seeking them to lead you, I guess. I think it's just more about walking your own path versus trying to walk on someone else's and have them lead the way. Oh, Annie, I love that you brought that up. And, you know, it's a little bit controversial because a lot of people are told for, you know, on on all these articles on websites and in books, you need a mentor. And, you know, I actually agree Mm -hmm. with you. I really do because... Um, self-reliance is such a huge thing. If you can really build up some self-reliance, you can go a very long way. I feel like a lot of people create a crutch. Absolutely. I um I shot a video recently. It just blew up. It went everywhere online, and it's called No More Vision Boards. And I talk about how mm-hmm. all these people rely on vision boards to chase their dreams. And I mean, it's cool to you yeah know, cut some pictures out or whatever and have it there. But like, no picture on the internet or picture from a magazine is as powerful as the vision you can create in your own mind. And you don't want to have that crutch there that you have to always 100%. lean on. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. That's great that you brought that up. Yeah, it's really the same concept as what you just said. I think that, you know, you can always look look out elsewhere or you can look within and go do it. And I think, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to say, you know, you have to live on your own island and never. I, I ask for help when I need it, but I just think that, you know, seeking a mentor and modeling your career or your life or your path after someone else's is just not the answer. Mm. Yep, that's right. That's right. So, Annie, let's get to know you a little bit more on more of a personal level. Now, what are your daily rituals like? Oh, well, it's hard to have a lot of rituals when I'm always traveling on the go, but there are certain things that happen no matter what. Um, I am a big morning person. I think morning is my most ritualistic time of the day because I always just use that time to like really set the tone no matter what I'm doing or where I am. Um, So I always wake up and I meditate for 30 minutes and that is like without fail. So if I'm home, my boyfriend knows, I ask him every single night what time he needs to wake up and I set my alarm exactly 30 minutes earlier than that because I just want that time to myself. Um, you know, if I'm traveling, no matter what I have to do or where I have to be, I make sure that I have 30 minutes before I have to start getting ready to meditate. And then the other thing that I do is some sort of workout. And I'm not a like intense, crazy workout person. I don't go on like eight mile runs, but I either do like an hour of yoga and I used to teach yoga. So I can definitely self lead that if I'm home or if I'm in a place, I love going to a class um, or I go on a walk outside. I love being outside. So when the weather's good, I go on like an hour long walk. And it's nothing crazy, but it's just my time with myself and my thoughts to breathe, to like take in the world, create that space in my mind and my body and just like appreciate the fact that I am able to move. So that's kind of like my without fail every single day, probably for the last like 12 years routine in the morning that I always do. And then after that, the day is just kind of like, all over the place, depending what I'm doing. Some days I have a shoot. Some days I'm just at home writing, doing absolutely nothing other than creating content. Some days I'm out with friends. You know, it's just really all over the place. Um, but I definitely like to have fun every day. So it's always something I want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's highly important. And that's cool. It sounds like you have a great self-discipline there. And, and what you're doing is you're waking your body up and also balancing your mind. And that is such mm-hmm. a great way to start your day. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've always been a little bit, um, 
like anxiety prone. I think I have a lot going on in my mind and my mind's always racing and I've got a lot of ideas and I'm always wanting to do, do, do. So a long time ago, I discovered, you know, I either needed to manage that and figure out a way to calm that down or I would have to just constantly be living in this state of stress and anxiety. So um, meditation and yoga are two things that I brought into my life you know, about, I'd say I was 16 years old when I went to my first yoga class, and that was where I was introduced to meditation. And um, I've never really looked back. It's it's less of like a luxury for me and more of like a medicine for me. You know, it's my way of like really taming my mind and getting into a space where I can be a productive person and let everything sort of feel organized and not in this chaotic mess. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. What form of meditation do you practice? So I used to do like organized meditation and go to classes and then I got really into like Kundalini yoga and learning more about like mantras and all sorts. But now I just do really simple meditations where, you know, whether it's with a sound or a mantra in my head or I'll just complete silence. And it's really just so much more simple than people think. Um, it's not about completely shutting off your mind. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just about that time for me to like, accept my thoughts, release them, let them pass by me, not be affected, and just be present in that moment before everything's gotten started in the day. Mm. Yeah, that's important. You know, I've interviewed hundreds of successful people on the Addicted to Success podcast. And I've got to say, literally like 90% of them, when I ask them about like their habits or their rituals, there's always meditation in there. It's it's insane. It's like meditation and gratitudes. They're like the two things that are practiced most with you know, multimillionaires, billionaires, philanthropists, athletes. It's just, yeah, it's it's just so important. So I understand why you commit to it. It's, that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, thank you. So you said that you work out a little bit. What music do you listen to when you work out? I listen to like You Would Die, but it's like really angry ghetto rap when I'm like <laughs> hiking or walking. Like, I don't know why. It just really fires me up and I like that kind of energy. Um, which sounds bizarre because then I do yoga and I like to listen to really chill, mellow, like, you know, anything from like Jack Johnson. But I also like, I also like, you know, old school, like Americana, like Rolling Stones and stuff like that. I had a yoga instructor that was really into like Grateful Dead and um, stuff like that. And I really appreciated that. So I'm kind of all over the place. I really do enjoy a little bit of everything and it kind of just depends on my mood that day. And if I'm like need extra motivation, it's going to have a little bit more energy. Um, if I want to really chill, I'll do like really light, you know, like Amos Lee, that type of thing. So I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place with my music. Yeah. What would you say are two of your favorite songs in your playlist right now? Oh, right now. I, hold on. Let me actually pull up my Spotify because I just got some new music today. Um, okay. So if we're going the like more energetic, crazy route, I'm really feeling, uh, the new Rihanna song work, uh, with Drake. Uh I like, didn't like it at all the first time I heard it and I was, now I'm all about it. And then if we're going like the more chill route, I'm really into Kygo right now. Um, there's one song I don't even, I've got it right. Oh, often. That's my other fave, but that's more mellow. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting us into your world of uh, working out and the music you listen to. That's awesome. So, Annie, yeah. uh, what what are some of your favorite books, like books that are really blowing you away that you've like learned quite a lot from in the, in the self-development well, kind of space? 
yeah, this is going to sound cliche, but um, the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, I mean, that's just a classic. And that has really been a big part of um, kind of dealing with my anxiety, I think, and just being present and learning, like, you know, how to really harness my power and use it in a productive way and be in the moment and not always be so worried about the future. And, you know, I really just love that book for all of the principles in there. And it's one that I turn to time and time again when I need just, just sort of brush up. And I feel like every time I read it, I get something out of it. I'm never like, you know, oh, I'm, I've read this before. Every time I feel like it's so powerful and it's so direct and so transformative. Um, so that's one of my faves. I also really love The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, another total favorite of mine. Um, one that I recently picked back up that I read probably 10 years ago that I'm just so obsessed with is uh, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And I think that that's a really relevant read for anyone in our current um, generation and just sort of the rise of social media and all the stimulation that we have all the time. And that just really brings me back to like the simplicity of life and getting in touch with your inner joy and like what's really important. And right now there's, you know, so much wealth and so much success and so much social media and so much celebrity and all this stuff in our periphery all the time. And I think we always feel like more and more and more, I need to do more, I need to have more, I need to consume more. And this book just really makes it like so clear that happiness comes from within and gives really simple principles about why that is that kind of help you reflect on your life and what it is that you're seeking. Yeah. Yeah, that is great. Two amazing books. What I'll do is I'll make sure I put that in the show notes of this uh, article that we're producing around the, the podcast. And that way we can share, you know, the content, the music you like, the books you like. Uh, if, the, you know, anyone that's listening wants to be inspired by, uh, you know, what Annie does. So, Annie, thank you oh, so thank much. You. I appreciate that. Um, For those that are inspired by you and your work and everything you're about, um, how can they find you online? Well, I have a blog and it's called Blonde.com and it's spelled B-L-A-W-N-D-E. Um, so it's sort of a merging of the word blonde and then my last name. It's kind of my cheeky way because it's sort of a fashion blog and sort of a beauty blog, but it's also like... I have philosophy posts on there. I have meditation posts on there. I have, you know, entrepreneurial posts on there. So it's sort of like a place where I can be frivolous and talk about fashion and beauty, but I can also be deep and talk about the other things in my life. And it all has a space here. So that's my blog. And um, I just launched a YouTube channel and it's just Annie Lawless. And I have one video up so far. It's my intro video and it's 25 random facts about me um, that are truly very random so they can check that out if they want to know more about me and um yeah that's that's my two main spaces on the internet excellent thank you so much annie now annie we're wrapping up this interview i really appreciate all the time that you shared with us and i'm sure the audience loved every minute of it too now we always end the interview with this last question and this last question Mm -hmm. is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like? I would say that life is short. There's nothing that can really go that wrong. Nobody will really remember you in a hundred years. So do whatever the heck it is you want. Take risks, go for things. Don't worry about failure. Nothing is really that important. And we're all just little specks in the big scheme of existence. 
So live your spec out to the fullest and know that nothing is really that big of a deal.